You are live on Get Connected. Andy Barrar here, filling in for the one and only Mike Agarbo, and I'm joined in studio with Get Connected's very own AJ Vickery. Happy New Year, AJ. Happy New Year, Andy. First show of 2015. It's, I always love the first show because uh, it really is the first show to talk about all the big tech trends that are going to be happening this year. And I know later on in the hour, we're going to actually be speaking to the folks over at the Consumer Electronic Association about CES. This is the big tech show that they put on the first week of January every year. And it really sets the stage, AJ, for what we're going to see uh, in 2015, in, at least in the tech world. Yeah. Uh, well, that show's starting literally next Tuesday. That's uh, right. Where we'll be uh, going out and checking, like you say, all the greatest technologies and coolest things that we can see now and expect to see in this upcoming year. So we're going to be going down to the Consumer Electronics Show basically to film a bunch of segments. If you're interested in what's happening in, in the tech world for 2015, you've got to go to our YouTube channel. We're going to be posting these as, we're, as we film them, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, Get Connected TV Show is the channel name on YouTube. So you'll definitely want to go that. And after the break, we'll be talking to the folks to see what the big trends are for 2015. But before that, AJ... I'll, wanted to kind of talk about an interesting story I saw about Facebook. Mm. A lot of people, if, you, if you've been on Facebook the last couple of months, you've probably seen more and more videos being on Facebook that autoplay when you're scrolling through your newsfeed. Sure. Well, it looks like they're going to be taking it to the next level. In some points, Facebook's almost going to start to look like YouTube, especially their pages. And Facebook pages is those things that you can create if you have a, a brand or if you're a public personality. You can create a separate page for your small business, sure, and uh, and uh, and just in general, I think um, you know, I think just about everybody, almost in the world, has a Facebook account at least, and 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 definitely uses it to communicate lots of the things about their personal lives and whatnot. But you're not wrong about the video uh, presence, and I think really the reason for that is because you know the technology has changed so much now that the opportunity for video on really any device is so prevalent. And I think um, Mark Zuckerberg um, and his team at Facebook really are just looking to the future and realize and they know that this is one of the ways that people want to consume uh, information is via video. Well, Facebook is all about content and it doesn't really exist unless you're sharing content. And instead of telling people what you had for breakfast with a picture on Instagram, another great way is video. And what they're trying to do, and it looks like we're going to see this in 2015, is to attract YouTube stars and get them to create exclusive content for Facebook only to build their video brand. And then they're going to make money off the ad revenues from that. So I, I think it's a, a really smart move on Facebook because they are built on content. It's video content is what everybody likes to consume. But the question is, can they be big as big as YouTube? Do you think so? Well, I think that um, um, as big as YouTube or potentially different for YouTube, there's no questions that some brands have had some great success launching uh, video specifically to the YouTube channel. And, and like you say, for advertisers, uh, YouTube, uh, sorry, Facebook um, is um, actually quite a uh, um, successful way to market to potential um, customers, you know, ultimately, you know, growing the, the community and, and, and creating some loyalty between your brand and and, and those potential consumers. So uh, I think that we will see um, an exceptional amount of video on the Facebook platform, and I think it will be a successful venue. As a matter of fact, I like to buy 
uh, invest in technologies, um, companies that I like. And, uh, and I often, it's kind of funny because when I talk to my investment broker, um, and even when I listen to the show just before ours here with my camera, absolutely. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. There's always a lot of difference of opinion uh, about whether or not to buy these stocks, you know, yeah. like a Facebook stock. But when I look at what Mark Zuckerberg is doing with Facebook now, I feel more encouraged um, about that company, um, you know, going forward than maybe I did six or seven months ago when, when there was, wasn't a lot of news about um, in my opinion, about what they were doing. And just the general things you hear is that young, the younger kids, the young, young kids are, are sort of not thinking about Facebook as using it the same way that, that they had previously. So, but, you know, the, the, the investments that they're making in, in virtual reality technology and, you know, buying up companies, I think in 2015 we'll see Facebook make some major purchases and acquisitions uh, to grow that company. And I think this video you're talking about on the website is just one of the many changes we can expect to come. But don't get me wrong. Don't expect any wild changes for Facebook in 2015 because, you know, if you listen to Mark Zuckerberg talk, it's it's a long-term play for him. You know, he's, he's, he's got a vision for something that he intends to build with that property. Well, they did purchase Instagram, and they really yep. built that other social network, which a lot of kids still use because, mm-hmm. like you say, a lot of kids are afraid of Facebook because their parents are on Facebook. Yeah. So they're moving to other social networks like Snapchat. But you also mentioned that they purchased a virtual reality company, that's Oculus Rift, mm-hmm. for $2 billion back in March. And that, w- that kind of surprised everybody. But it shows that Mark Zuckerberg is very forward-thinking, and he believes virtuality is the next computing future and the next way we're going to interact with computers. And so he wanted to have a company that was on the forefront of that just to build his platform and be ready when it does come. Yeah, and not to go too far off uh, the topic in the beginning show, we could talk more about it later in the show, but like, and look at Google making a similar announcement regarding regarding virtual reality. So, So, you know, I think people should stop and consider, you know, right now, do you really imagine, you know, immersing yourself in a virtual reality to interact with like this digital world? Probably not. We don't think we're going to go there. But the visionaries in the technology industry are looking down that road. Wearable technology, something we'll talk about very shortly as we talk about CES as one of the main topics for 2015. This this integration between human and technology is, is, is happening. And I think that whether that's one year, five years, 10 years, 15 years away, um, the visionaries are sort of looking at that interaction between technology and and uh, the keyboard and the mouse are going to be potentially by the wayside. Absolutely. That's, that's the old way of interacting. We've seen it with touch screens, but I, I really do believe that we are going to interact with technology with our hands, almost like a minority report style in sure. the future. <laughs> yeah. And like you say, you have these visionaries are thinking about what's going to happen in the next five to 10 years. And we know in the tech world, things change and they change really fast. But one thing I noticed about Facebook, especially when they move towards videos, is my data plan went up because they're autoplaying these videos all the time. Good point. And a lot of people don't realize that that's happening. But if you do have uh, increased data because of these videos, you can opt out of it. There is a way to do it in the settings of Facebook. So something to, to be uh, to, to note worth. Yeah, and just on that point, uh, you're, you're referring to your mobile device, and that's one of that is probably one of the most significant changes um, that we that are happening in 2015 is is the fact that we are consuming the majority of this information, this content that you're talking about via our mobile device. Absolutely. I mean, that is the screen to watch in 2015 and, and forward. 
Well, like our eyeballs are changing. It went from the television screen, and now we, we saw that phenomenon about the second screen where your mobile device was a second screen to your television. I think in 2015, it's going to change yeah. the other way around where your television is the second screen to your mobile device. And we've seen that with uh, Google and the ability to push content from your phone to your television. That's really, I, I agree with you on that. The way that we're consuming content has changed, and uh, it's going to change even more in 2015. I'm really excited about it, and uh, I can't wait to see what's going to happen at CES. Speaking of CES, when we come after the break, we're going to be talking to one of the spokespersons at the Consumer Electronic Association about all the big tech trends we're going to see over at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. We'll be back right after this. With Get Connected, Andy Barrar here, filling in for Mike Agrabo, and I'm joined in studio with A.J. Vickery. This week, we're going to be starting the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. It's the uh, big tech event of the world, one of the biggest trade shows in the world. And joining us on the line is Jim Barry. He is the spokesperson for the Consumer Electronic Association. Jim, thanks for joining us. Hello, Andy. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, we at Get Connected love CES. We, we go there every year, and we want to thank you for inviting us each year to cover the big tech trends. Uh, what, what are we expected to see this year? Well, we're going to see a little of everything. It's going to be the biggest show ever. It's so big this year, we actually have two major exhibit halls, the, the Convention Center and the Sands Convention Center, in addition to a couple of other hotels and so forth. So we're expecting, again, 150,000 people or so from all over the world. It is the largest trade show in North America, the largest technology show for the trade in the world. So it's going to be huge. And a couple of the things that have kind of been percolating for a few years are really starting to come to the surface now, uh, including things like fitness and technology, uh, uh, fitness technology, health and wellness, sports, some great sports stuff, the Internet of everything. And one of the neatest things that I find here is that, you know, we've had a couple of people say, uh, which is really getting tiring to me, is CES still relevant? You know, what's new there? Uh, well, these are people who have no idea what they're talking about. When you look at a place here called Eureka Park, which is one of the coolest places, started four years ago. This is the fourth year. We now have almost 400 exhibitors of small companies with an idea for a better electronic mousetrap that are here uh, to get seen, uh, to get funding. Uh, it's really one of the most exciting places in the entire show. Uh, I had a chance to actually visit the Eureka Park uh, last year. I didn't know what to expect, but I did put some time out. And I have to tell you, Jim, some of the coolest things to see, and it's all these startups, these, these kids with so much energy and, and innovation, and, and they just got that hustle as well to show their products. Well, you're absolutely right. You know, the, some of the exhibits here are the huge companies, whether it's LG or Samsung uh, or lots of other very big companies uh, that are here to meet with and sell stuff to their uh, to their distributors and retailers, but these companies are absolutely right. In many cases, it's a guy and a gal or two guys or two gals with a bright idea that are here looking either for venture capital, for angels, or for crowdfunding, um, all of that kind of stuff uh, that is the place that really gives a new rejuvenated vibrancy to this show. You know, there's one company, Oculus, which a lot of people have heard of. It's got that virtual reality 
um, headset that was purchased by Facebook this past year, but they were here by themselves as a little company, basically a guy, um, uh, last year. And then they got purchased uh, for a whole lot of money uh, by Facebook. So, so that's one of these kind of success stories that you see here uh, at CES. And a big thing that I guess a lot of people don't understand because we have the Detroit Auto Show that happens the following yep. week, but there's a lot of car companies that are also coming to CES. Tell us a little bit about that. It is unbelievable. And you're right, especially when you take into account the fact that the Auto Show is opening in Detroit the following week. We have uh, uh, 10 of the top automakers here. They, everything um, uh, Mercedes-Benz has kind of hinted that they're introducing a new autonomous vehicle here, a car that drives itself, self-driving vehicles. We've seen prototypes for a few years. Everybody's seen the videos of the Google car, but these are cars that look like real cars. Also, electric cars uh, and other types of electric vehicles. A few of the other old-timers, like me, a few years ago, joked that we came to a CES and an auto show broke out because these are really, these really do look like auto show type exhibits. Big, uh, fancy with uh, the very nice, uh, really super cars. Uh, Audi is here. Uh, one other thing that they've talked about um, the, uh, is an app that will, I think it's BMW, that's going to smarten up your car. And it's basically an app that turns into a personal valet. So you pull up to the restaurant, and you it will find a parking space for you, and then it will drive your car to that space, and then it will come back and get you later on, kind of like sending your horse to the stable uh, and then come in, bringing it back uh, when you're done. Now, that's a little ways away as a practical matter for most of us, but it's really cool and just an indication of the type of technology that's on display here. Jim, what do you what do you give people for advice attending this show? How do you tackle a show as big as this? Like, what 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 would be a game plan going into it? I know what? that we send you know teams of people out for days and we walk thousands of kilometers. Uh, what, what's your general advice? Yeah. Well, you're right. It is huge. A hundred uh, is over two million net square feet of exhibit space. That's like forty football fields. So it's huge. I for new folks here, I give them three bits of advice. One is focus. Uh, you want to decide what it is you basically want to see. Make some appointments beforehand. So focus on the things that you need to see. Um, the second thing um, would be hydration. You are in the desert out here. Drink lots of water, lots of water. And the third thing is sensible shoes. Make sure you have some shoes. That, don't try to break in the new shoes when you come to the show. But when you focus on what you want to see, you can say, okay, I really want to see all the uh, those auto exhibits, for instance, you can do that. We have an app now that will let you do that, My CES. Uh, when you go on CES web, the website, you can use the My CES app to uh, kind of plan out your, your days here. And the last thing I would tell people is leave a little space. If you're going to have all these appointments and the things that you have to see, leave a little space for serendipity. Leave a little space to go and see stuff that you didn't even expect to see. If you don't have Eureka Park, for instance, on your schedule, go and see it. You, you won't be disappointed. I've actually booked a whole day to go to Eureka Park this year because I, I, I just was so uh, impressed by what I saw last year. Uh, Jim, you're, you're kind of like a CES historian. Uh, I know you've been doing this for years, I think right back into the 70s. What is what's one of the most memorable shows like of technology that was announced at CES? Well, you're right. My first show was 1979 here mm. in Las Vegas, so uh, I was just a boy. But... Uh, the, uh, the the VCR was introduced to actually before my time in 19, 
1970 when the show was in New York. Started in New York in 1967, but um, uh, the CD, for instance, in 1980 or so, and then showed up in stores a few years later. Mm. High-definition TV and flat-panel TVs in the late 90s. Um, and just a few years ago, uh, well, the Microsoft Xbox was introduced here in 2001. Mm. Um, and in the 80s, you really had that transition when the uh, when the uh, phone company was deregulated, you had all of the phone type of products. And then with the uh, coming of the smartphones in the last 10 or 15 years or so, you've got all of those types of products. Lots of them introduced here. Many of them not introduced here. A lot of companies introduce uh, all, This is an all-year-round introductions now. But everyone in the industry is in Las Vegas in January. Well, absolutely. I know wearable tech will be one of the, the big trends. We've seen it for the last couple of years, but now we're into the second, third generation. So those kinks that they initially had during the product launches are going to be fixed. And I think we'll see more adoption of wearable technology in 2015. Well, you're absolutely right. And that's a, a growing area here. Wearables, both for health and for fitness, um, we have... Uh, and, and kind of a combination of that with this Internet of Everything, with just about everything having sensors in it. So the wearable tech, we now have the smart watches, and we're starting to get um, ones now like the new Fitbit Surge, for instance, that doesn't require being connected to a smart watch. So all of that stuff is displayed on your uh, wrist as you're working out, for instance, and it's for really serious workouts. There's also uh, more clothing now. There's a, a sleeve that you can wear as, uh, that will analyze your tennis stroke um, as you're uh, hitting the tennis ball. Um, uh, just like the now smart basketballs, we have a, an attachment for a baseball bat to, uh, to track your swing. So all of those things, wearable tech um, is getting uh, more and more um, this year. And I think uh, as, as the prices come down and you start getting both this wrist-based stuff as well as wearing just about any place on your body. Well, Jim, I, I want to thank you for coming on the show and giving us a little preview. I'm, I'm super excited to come down. I don't think I'll be able to sleep for the next couple of nights uh, until CES. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Okay, we'll see you. See you when you get here. That was Jim Barry. He's the uh, spokesperson for the Consumer Electronic Association. We're going to have to take a break, but we'll take your calls after the break. If you have any tech questions, 604-280-9898 or one 399-9898. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs. We'll be back after the break. We're here filling in for Mike Agarbone. I'm joined in studio with AJ Vickery. Uh, we're going open line here on Get Connected, taking any of your tech questions or calls, or maybe you didn't get the gift you wanted for the holidays and need some buying advice. We could help you with that too. <laughs> the numbers, if you're in the Vancouver area, 604 280-9898. And if you're calling anywhere across Canada, 1-877-399-9898. Of course, later on, we will be going with App of the Week with Christina Stoyanova, so you want to tune in for that as well. It was funny talking to Jim and how yeah. he's been to CES since like 1979. Yeah. Just think of all the different kind of technologies that have been announced. Now, you've been to CES for a long time as well. When, I, when was the first time you went? Oh, wow. I mean, you know, predating uh, the, the CES um, show, uh, Comdex was the big computer show. And I don't know if some people might even remember uh, Comdex was a show that traveled uh, not only to CES, but also uh, we had one in here in Vancouver really? as well. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, we did. And uh, so, so you know, I'm dating myself back here many, many years, in the late 1980s. But... 
you know, everybody has a relationship with technology. And you think about, you know, listening to Jim, you know, all the innovations over the past few years, um, you know, and people asking that question. And I, I agree with them. It's a, it's a silly question. What does CES, you know, have to show for today? Because when you think about it, what I remember is there was always a new operating system, you yeah. know? Like, I remember Windows 95, you know, one of the biggest, most exciting things everyone was talking about. That was huge. You that know, was back, plug and play. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, back in the day, right? I remember uh, remember processors. Yeah. There was always the next processor, yep. you know, the Pentium, the Pentium 2. Like, do, 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 I don't think most people even think about what processors even in their computer these days. You know, I mean, the techie, techie people do for sure. And when you're buying a computer, you're definitely, you know, refreshing your memory. But those launches just aren't part of, like, the big news anymore. So when you think about, like, well, what to expect at, at something like a CES, it is. It's all that emerging and, and, and technologies that integrate into our lives, fitness, sports, uh, productivity, um, you know, entertainment, uh, all these sorts of things now that, that you know, like our show covers everything, not just computers anymore, no. although we still get calls from people about, you know, I got a virus and I've got a DLL error and these things still happen. But now it's like, you know, I'm looking for an app on my smartphone to help me on my trip to Japan. You know, uh, absolutely. And so it's uh, it, CS is a pretty is a very exciting time just to see like all these different innovations that are coming to the forefront. When you talked about wearable technology and I have to, you know, chime in because I, I don't think wearable technology has really got it right yet. You know, I mean, I'm not taking anything away from some of these great tools that people use. And we might get a whole bunch of callers now saying, I love my Fitbit. It's awesome. It changed yeah. my life and I've lost so much weight. But what I mean is, is that in the way that tablets took off, yeah. Um, I don't, I haven't really seen the wearable thing totally take off. You know, I haven't found a device myself that I really want to wear. I know, I know that you've been wearing a yeah. few different ones. Actually, that's different from what I usually see, see you wearing with the model. I, I always have at least one wearable. <laughs> yeah. I, at one time I had four and people were making fun of me. But to your point is I was getting different data from each of them. Yeah. And that's the only way I could test to be like, okay, now which one is right? Yeah. And so then I would add another wearable on to, to track my, my sleeping habits or yeah. My, how many steps I'm taking during the day. Uh, but I think what, what you're really speaking to is that, you know, when smartphones came onto the scenes, especially the Apple iPhone, mm. it was a game changer. Game changer. It, it changed everything yeah. in 2007. Yeah. Then in 2010, Apple came out with the iPad. Yeah. Another game. It basically created a new product category. Yes. Now what because we Because tablets existed before that. Absolutely. There were tablets yeah. uh, running Windows yeah. back in the day. Yeah. And, there, and, there, and you could argue that question is, you know, is this tablet mar market viable? You know, um, but you're right. Apple, you know, brought out the game-changing iPad. And now um, it's completely opened up the opportunity for Android and Microsoft tablet makers. So, so, so the big question now, AJ, is what's the next product category yeah is it the smartwatch everyone's the been smartwatch. talking smartwatch this yeah. smartwatch that yeah we know apple is going to release their smartwatch yeah. uh sometime early 2015 which is probably going to legitimize that category yeah, but maybe. the question is <laughs> the question is will people buy it? is it going to be like a smartphone or a tablet because yeah. right now i think what for for this smartphone category to take off there needs to be a killer app that that works just on your smartphone that changes everything. And and I don't think we've seen anything like that yet. Hmm. But with Apple coming on the scene and all these developers trying to build apps for the Apple Watch, that might be it. And it might be the game changer that connects everything. Because right now, the smartwatch is just an extension of your smartphone. Hmm. And it's not a standalone device. Yes. Uh, they're trying to do that. There are some, but yes. They're, they're trying to put like data plans into your watch. But yeah. 
it's tough. It's tough because it's such a small screen. How do you how do you deal with with such um, minimal real estate? I think that's part of the problem. Is that the the the, the you know we talk about the getting data into and out of devices. Um, you know, a, a watch typically can only have a screen of about you know. You know, half an inch to an inch before it gets kind of silly on your wrist, right? Yeah. So, so that could be part of the problem. But yeah, so I think CS for twenty fifteen, I'm quite interested in seeing the wearable tech and kind of just where some of these crazy companies are going. And not all these products ever make it into mass retail because they really don't pass that litmus test. But when you're at CS, you get to check out like some crazy stuff, which is what's exciting about the show. Another big trend over there is the connected home. Yeah. About being able to control things in your house uh, through your smartphone. The one issue that we've had and we've seen in, in this industry, AJ, is there's no standard. Yeah. And now you got the big players, the Samsungs, the Googles, and the Apples of the world who are all trying to create that standard, that new standard. Even Qualcomm, the chip manufacturer, is trying to create a standard for the smart home and the connected home. And so I'm, I'm interested to see who's going to win. You know, we saw Google bought Nest, which is the smart thermostat, yeah. that was actually developed by the guys who made the original iPod. Yeah. But they bought that, so they're they're in the game. Apple, they have their home kit, which will be released in 2015. I don't know who's going to win. It's, that's that's what I'm interested to see, uh, who comes out on top. Well, one thing you just reminded me, and on the next break, break um, I'm going to uh, Wemo into my crock pot and start my dinner for tonight. <laughs> uh, absolutely, Wemo. We, we should talk a little bit about Belkin's Wemo and how that's shaping everything, including items in our kitchen. We're going to have to take a break, but when we come back, we'll be taking your calls and talking more about the Consumer Electronics Show. You listen to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. We'll be back right after this. You're back on Get Connected. Andy Barrar here, filling in for Mike Agarbone, joined in studio with AJ Vickery. We're talking a lot about CES and the Consumer Electronics Show. We're just going to jump to the phone lines here. We got Scott in Maple Ridge. Scott, what can we do for you? Malcolm, I think. Oh, Malcolm. Oh, yeah. hi, Malcolm. What can we do for you? Yes, good morning and Happy New Year. I just wanted to ask you about the BlackBerry Boeing phone and NSA. Well, that's a good question. You know, BlackBerry, um, I know Boeing has been in the market for, for a phone. I don't really know too much about it, but uh, one thing that's really becoming a, a big topic, AJ, is to have secure phones. We saw the uh, different manufacturers trying to create more security, especially when you think about all the big leaks that have been happening with uh, Sony, I actually heard, I don't know if you know this, but the Sony executives, after the big leak happened, they were asked to use Blackberries after that. Well, they, they, they actually had um, uh, Blackberries um, in, their, um, in their inventory yeah. that they reissued um, in, in order to have a text messaging network that they could actually use to communicate during, during the, that, that big hack. Well, everybody knows that Sony has their Xperia line of phones, and they're, they're, they're interesting smartphones. They're actually waterproof. You could be like taking a shower yeah. and being on a call. Yeah. Don't know why someone would want to do that, <laughs> but you could with yeah, their right. technology. <laughs> uh, but one thing that Blackberry's had over anybody else is uh, the security aspects, and that's one thing that really brings people back is the fact that you have that encryption technology that's almost like U.S. military grade. I know the U.S. government uses Blackberries, so yeah, that it does give them that protection. Uh, we're going to jump to the phone lines over here. We got Scott in Maple Ridge. Scott, are you there? Hey, there I am. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just I, I, this smartwatch category has really fascinated me for its 
inexplicable existence. I don't understand why it exists. Um, as a guy who's pushing 50, not quite, but um, and I've loved tech all my life, um, I, I can't look, I can't see it. I can't even see an iPhone anymore. I, you know, I, I knew the I knew the iPhone boys were going to come out with the bigger screen. Yeah. Because I know they're all my age. No, absolutely. A lot of people <laughs> that were using the old iPhones were were actually making the font bigger because they they couldn't see in such a small screen. Um, what do you think about smartwatches, AJ? I don't know. I mean, I see your point. Um, I I think that uh, I'm having trouble grasping it. You know, like okay, so you don't the screen is questionable around that one inch size, right? So. You're walking down the street, and your Google Maps tells you to turn right by buzzing you twice on the wrist, you know, and and left by buzzing you once. Like, you know, is that gimmicky, or is it going to enhance my sort of life? I I don't quite. I'm sort of with this listener. Is it Scott? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I'm I'm struggling with that category, and what is going to be sort of the thing that makes it a must have. Um, but you know, I'm going to hold out until I get to demo. Um, Apple's new device. Well, you know, I, I've been trying all the, the smartwatches when they come into our studio. And, I, of course, I, I want to review it to see if there's something that's going to make me want to keep wearing it. Yeah. And I know we were talking a little bit about Wemo. And this is a, a little technology that Belkin had made that allows you to turn devices on and off remotely. What I did, AJ, and this is super geeky, is because I didn't have any value in this Android smartwatch that I had, I actually hooked it up to this, this protocol called IFTTT which stands for if, then, this, that. And then I hooked it up to a Belkin device, which I hooked up to a heater. So what I was able to do, and this is super geeky, was turn my heater on at home, electric heater, remotely by tapping a button on my watch. Oh, okay. But, but there was no actual <laughs> app that allowed me to do this. I was using several different apps yeah. to, to kind of create this. Sure. Uh, but you know what happened after all of that? is I didn't know if it actually turned on or, or off, like if I pressed it too many times. <laughs> so, so then I just kind of gave up on that idea. But I was looking for different use case scenarios of why you would need a smartwatch. I think Apple Pay is going to be significant. Yeah. I think tapping uh, your watch to have a secure transaction. But again, you know, um, my Visa has tap on it and my I bank card has tap on it. And, you know, those are pretty easy to pull out of my pocket as well so you know it's it's an interesting conversation for sure and i guess another aspect of of this is that uh the battery life on these watches because a typical watch you might change the battery once a year mm -hmm. whereas these ones need to be recharged just like your smartphone and it, you have to change your habits and your behaviors to take your watch off at night mm -hmm. to have it charged because if you don't and it dies and i can't tell you how many times mike used to make fun of me when I'd have the watch here and yeah. it, it was hey. just dead. Oh, no. <laughs> it was just like I'm walking around with a dead piece of tech yeah. on, on, my, uh, on my wrist. Uh, we're just going to jump to the phone lines again. We have Bob in Surrey. Bob, what can we do for you? Hi. Uh, question is to uh, an app that I wouldn't know how to even start putting on my phone or anything or even getting to it. But it's in regards to when you have your remote for your garage door yep. or going into a parkade, is there a possibility of a nap being uh, considered for putting your uh, numbers on so you could use your phone in case of emergency to, work, uh, to operate your garage door? That's, a, that's an excellent question, Bob. Um, I don't know for the garage door per se. I do know there are companies, and we're going to see this at the Consumer Electronics Show, that are going to have these type of devices. 
Currently, they have, the most are for deadbolt locks for your home. I know Wiser now has their Kivo line, which allows you to unlock your home front door with your smartphone using Bluetooth technology. Uh, for the garage door, there is technology out there. It's very niche right now, but it will be coming out uh, early in 2015. So you want to keep an eye on that and to see what you could hook up to your current garage door to make it so that you can open it up remotely. Yeah, I mean, there's compatibility factors. If you have an um, Apple device or an Android device, you can um, search through the number of apps available in the App Store. Uh, you know, example one is... Um, my door opener elite uh, on the iTunes iOS for iOS devices. The challenge here is what's the technology built in, like as Andy refers to, built into your actual garage door? What signal does it require? Um, RF, IR, you know, yeah. what type of rate, how does it communicate wirelessly to your garage door opener? And then in the device, say your phone, does it have the ability to broadcast that signal? Because then it's just a software question. How do I get the software to talk to my door? Um, but if you sometimes require sort of a third piece of tech to be able to bridge those those two things. So, but um, It's coming. It's coming. It's, it's coming. all coming. Uh, we're going to have to take a break. After we come back, we're going to be looking at the app of the week with Christina. You've been listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. We'll be back right after this. You're back with Get Connected. Andy Barrar here filling in for Mike Agarbo. I'm joined in studio with AJ Vickery and now Christina Stoinova for App of the Week. Christina, what do you got for us? Uh, this week I have an app for Android phones. It's called Keep It On. And it's all one word. Keep it on. One word. Um, and it's on the Google Play Store, of course, for free. So what this app does is that it uh, helps you with that annoying little thing that your phone does where it tends to turn off the screen while you're reading a longer article where you haven't touched the screen for a while. Yeah. So it actually uses the accelerometer in your phone to detect the tiniest movements, even the movements of your breathing, um, to keep your screen on so that you can keep reading without being interrupted by that annoying well, you know, that, that's, a, that's actually a really good solution because the only way to do that otherwise is to change the display settings to keep it always on. I think you can go up to about 10 to 30 minutes. Yeah, but even then, if you're, if you're on the train and reading a book or an article or something, 10 minutes might not be enough for you. So. I, I, well, absolutely. It's funny because, uh, you know, Samsung with their Galaxy Line phones, what they were doing is they were using the front-facing camera to track your eyes to detect when you're reading. Yeah. And one of their features, I remember this came out with the Galaxy S4, was you could flip the pages by just like tracking your eyes and yeah. moving your eyeballs <laughs> up and down. We, we tried to film this for the TV show and yeah. it looked so ridiculous holding this phone and using your eyeballs to try to make the page go up and down. It didn't really work. I think this app uh, is a way better solution. Yeah, for sure. That uh, Samsung feature was really cool in theory, but in practice, I found that it could be frustrating. Absolutely. And and just awkward looking. Yes. If you, can you imagine like sitting on a train or a bus and you're kind of like nodding your head to move your eyeballs up and down just to flip the page when you could just grab your finger and, and move the page easily. But the always on, that's a problem I have all the time. And what I would used to do is switch the display settings to make it last longer, but then that kills your battery life. So Exactly. So with this app, if you can have it running in the background um, so that when you turn your screen off, it will keep it off or you can turn the app itself on and off. So basically, as long as you're holding it in your hand and there's a little bit of movement, it recognizes that you're still using your phone. That's right. Yeah. 
Do, do you know if there's anything uh, equivalent for iOS? Uh, you know what? I haven't found anything, but I can definitely take a look at that. It's interesting, AJ. Usually it's me, the Android minority, against yeah. two iPhone people. Today, the tables are turned. Tables are turned. I try to mix it up. I try to bring Android apps on. Every... They, they always pick on me for, for choosing Android. and one of, People always wonder. Well, you like, got an Android in arms right here. Right? I, I, I with you. And you know, it's funny because um, the thing I like about Keep It On, um, as I just look at it here in the Play Store, is that uh, my phone requires a password so when it goes to sleep i always got to put my darn password yeah. in which is an extra pain in the butt so keep it on good thing well it saves you a lot lots of time speaking of phones i know you're an android guy you you're using an lg phone right lg3 now. the lg3 and this is an interesting phone because it has a buttons all the buttons are on the back and not on the sides i thought i was gonna hate that i, um, I thought you were gonna hate it too yeah and um um after, especially after being trained to like look for all the buttons on the side or the top and the bottom uh, it, I actually quite like it. I like it a lot. And um, because of the interactivity they've built into the screen, because the fact the buttons are on the back, like waking it up, for example, I can just tap the screen twice and putting it to sleep, I can tap That's the That's a great feature. It's twice. called tap on, tap off. So you yeah. just kind of double tap it and then the screen turns on. Yeah. I got to say I'm a big fan of the LG3 and I'm also a huge uh, NFL fan. And when I watch uh, NFL, I can see that LG is a major sponsor and they always got the LG3 on the screen. I'm like, yeah, I've got that phone. That, that's really that's really cool. LG, I think I'm really looking forward to see what they have in store for CES. Speaking of which, we will be down there in Las Vegas uh, recording episodes and segments. Uh, just go to our YouTube channel, Get Connected TV Show, all in one word. Just search that on YouTube to find out all the different cool things that we're going to be showing in 2015. That's all the time we have left. Mike Agarbo will be back next week, and we're going to recap what we saw at the Consumer Electronics Show. That's Andy, AJ, and Christina signing off. We'll see you again next week.